So Bill Morgan is an Australian man who uh, was in a truck accident. He was crushed in it. It caused a heart attack in him. And he was clinically dead for 14 minutes. But when help arrived, they, they actually revived him. But then he went into a coma. He was in a coma, coma for 12 days, during which time his family was advised he would not come out of it and they should unplug his life support. Bill Morgan came out of the coma. And he recovered. And he awoke with all his, uh, all his facilities intact. And to, so, so the family was happy. And so he, somebody jokingly said, well, you know, you should, you're, you're a lucky guy. You should play the lottery. So he did. He played the lottery. He brought the ticket home. He scratched off the lottery ticket, and he found he won a car worth $27,000. The, the news uh, got a hold of it, and a, a Melbourne television station decided to do a story on Bill Morgan. So they followed him around. They interviewed him. They talked about his story. They said what an amazing lucky guy this was and so they took him back to reenact the day that he went into the convenience store and bought the the lottery ticket so they they had him go in and buy a ticket and scratch it off he went in he bought the ticket he scratched it off and he won two hundred and fifty thousand dollars there are times when things happen that are just so overwhelmingly inconceivable they are so uh, implausible that you just have to say whoa why how does that happen and of course it happens always happens to somebody else it doesn't happen to you right but we have talked about when things come into our lives that alter our path and when things come in our lives that that produce this moment where you just say that came out of nowhere i don't know what that was for i didn't plan that i didn't make that happen it just makes us go wow and sometimes it, we don't know why it happened or where it's going. It just changes the direction of our life. Some of you have had that happen. Sometimes it comes in and it's so intensely painful that all it does is, is produce uh, a sense of woundedness. And we don't understand why that happens. But today we want to f- talk about what happens. When the things that come into our life, we didn't plan them, we didn't ask for them. They just came and they just leave us with no recourse but to say, God did something really, really good here. And I say that, and a whole bunch of you just checked out, right? Because you go, yeah, that last week was for me. Last week about pain, that's what my wow is. Yeah, I'm still waiting. I'm waiting for God to do the stuff that makes me feel really good. I'm waiting to see him actually bring the kind of thing that makes me say, oh boy, is he, his favor has just come all over me. Here's what we need. I'm going to invite you to the Bible to a passage in the, the Gospel of Luke. In the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 17. If you've got a Bible with you, access to it. Take, join me there in the middle of Luke chapter 17 with a, something that happened to Jesus. We need to establish something right away here. That if you checked out a minute ago, I need you to check back in. I need you to engage back with me a little bit because we're talking about you today. This is you. This is your story. That wow level of goodness that comes from, must be from the hand of God, here's the deal. You're sitting in it right now. In your life, in your sphere, in your circle, you represent somebody for whom that is true. You are in the... 
you are actively receiving it at this very moment. Because there is something that's true about the God who made us, the one and only God of the universe. You may look around and see fallenness, and there's reasons for that. We're not getting into all that today, but there is a fa- an irrefutable fact about God, that God is good. He is the essence of goodness. What he does is good. He emits goodness all the time toward everybody. This is what the Bible says about it. Psalm 145, 9. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Psalm 136, 1. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And if you read the Psalms, you will see that phrase over and over again. Here it is again in Psalm 106, 1. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He is good. The displays of that endure forever. The Bible says that every single good thing that happens to any person who inhabits the planet, every single good thing has one source. It is from the God who is good. James 1, 17 puts it this way. Every good, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Every good thing traces itself back to him. It's happening at this very moment. There's there's some theologians sometimes have words for this. They talk about the goodness of God on one level being called what's, what's called common grace. You know how fish, they say fish don't know that they're in water. I don't know. I've never interviewed. I don't know how they get, find that. It, how do they know that? They say, Mike, do you know that you're in water? And they go, oh, really? That's, but they say that that's all they know. It's their environment. You can kind of relate to it by saying that at any given moment, you have about 89 pounds of pr- uh, Barometric pressure pushing on your body. Are you aware of it? Not all the time. You get a sinus headache, you might. You have gravitational pull pulling on your body at all, but you just, this is the realm you live in. Common grace is that way. There are benefits to being a human being, whether you believe in God, whether you follow Him or not. There are benefits for you living in a world that He is in charge of. Light is a benefit of God. The atmosphere is a benefit from God. There's common grace. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. The Bible says it's common grace. There are provisions, air and movement and life itself is common grace given to us. But then beyond that, there's a word that the Bible uses and the word is blessing. Where that good God decides at times to give extra helpings that are specific and direct benefits to those around him. It may, it, it may not depend on whether people believe in him or not, but he will bless people's lives. He has blessed unbelievers. He blesses believers. He gives extra doses specific to their time and place and needs. Do you know, well, there's some statistics about this. If you have food in your refrigerator today, anybody raise your hand. Food in the refrigerator, good. Okay, I'm not gonna make you raise your hand the rest of the time. Do you have clothes on your back? Hope you do at the moment. A roof over your head. If you have a place to sleep, you are today richer than 75% of the population of planet Earth. If you have money in the bank, and if you have some in your wallet or a card that could produce it, if you have any spare change in a dish someplace, you are in the top 8% of the world's wealth right now, right where you sit. According to Polk London, which designed the global rich list, we showed it once here. You can put in how much your family uh, income is in a year. A family of five living just above the poverty line in the U.S. is actually in the 1% of standard of living compared to the rest of the world. And if you live in Hilliard, Ohio, and you make the average 
income, the average income in Hilliard, Ohio, you are in the 99.87 percentile of wealthiest people on the earth. Right now, right where you sit, there is blessing oozing out of our lives right now. Then there's another degree. You know, God, God says this in Ephesians 1 and 3. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. There's that word. He's blessed us. And he's blessed us with, in, the, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, there's another degree that sometimes God does. You can't predict it. You can't manipulate it. You can't pray a prayer seven times and this will happen. And when the Bible describes what God does sometimes, there's an intervention that comes in people's lives that is even beyond blessing. There's a phrase that gets used, and it's used in John 1.16. Here's one translation. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received, and then the word is grace upon grace. This, is, this mean, it actually means, it means, sometimes it's translated blessing after blessing. It's actually times blessing. It's like exponential doses of good stuff that god is in the habit of doing that occasionally with people because it just comes out of who he is he does that in people's lives and so ephesians 3 says now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us sometimes things come that are so extravagant they're so they're so overwhelming that we have to almost say they are miraculous small m miraculous he's done the capital m stuff a handful of times but in our lives he does the small m miraculous that something is so specific so personalized to a situation that you say somebody knows what i needed somebody knows what i wanted somebody intervened and did something here when that happens what are we supposed to do with it so luke 17 got it it's the story of 10 lepers now, this is story has got so much that could be unpacked, and I'm not going to do it today. What, what leprosy was like in, in, in this day and age, how, how people were ostracized, that they were, they were quarantined, and they were, they were actually sometimes lived in, like, lean-tos outside. They always had to be outside the city gates because it was such a contagious skin disease, such a problematic thing. There was no, no source of income. People would bring baskets of food and lay them at the, at the, the height of a ditch, and the ditch would be dug so that the... So that the the feces of the people who were lepers would not drain uh, toward the city at all, and they'd leave baskets of food, and that's pretty much these people's existence. And to yell, unclean, anytime they were happened to be anywhere near somebody who didn't have leprosy, it was, it was hardly human existence. And it says, on his way to Jerusalem, this is verse 11 of Luke 17, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. It's, there's, there's principles here about Samaria. Uh, Samaritans too, but we won't even get into that. And as he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to them, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. There, I mean, that is, it's, I love this story because it can be plumbed so many ways. Today, all I'm going to do is just scratch the surface a little bit. A couple observations. 
before this, uh, before we go further with it. First of all, when you see these guys, they call out to Jesus and they say this phrase in verse 13. They call out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. That's a very common phrase that a beggar would ask in that age. Alms for the poor kind of thing. What this guy, what these, what they were in essence doing was they were asking Jesus for a blessing, the second of those levels. They've got some common grace they may or may not realize, but they're saying, can you give us a little dose of something? They're probably asking for food or something to buy food with or something for medicine. That's, that's all they're asking for. They're not asking for grace upon grace. They're not, it's not even conceived in their mind that they could be healed when they ask, when they use that phrase. It's like saying, can you spare a dime, a quarter, a dollar? The leper life was an outcast life. And what happened to these guys here changed as radically as anything could the course of their life. Where they lived, how they lived, what their future held, what the promise of their life could be was all changed in the instant that Jesus announced that they could be healed. There's a whole, we can, uh, we can talk about how the fact that you, they had to go to the priest, we'll talk about this a little bit more. Going to the priest was to present themselves as, as healed. So Jesus asked them to go when they're not yet healed in order to, to be healed. There's a faith component to this. And then one comes back and one rejoices. One returns and give, gives thanks and nine don't. Now, there's a whole lot going on there, but this, what this is, among other things, is an example of the grace upon grace movement of a good God in somebody's life. So what do you do when that happens? The fact is, we look at that story and we say, isn't that cool? Wouldn't it be cool if God would do something that would be just so out of nowhere, so coming from far away that we, weren't even, we didn't see it on the radar, that he would come through in such a way that we would just have to stand back and say, wow, God has worked. Does he do that today? I'm here to tell you that he does and he is and he has and it's represented in this room right now. Can I just give you one example? Here's one example. Somebody who had no idea to think about this, uh, uh, where this would come from and God decided and planted in somebody's lap an idea about adopting a child. It came from him, and then one by one, systematically, things fell in place. When the time they got done, they said, wow, you're going to hear them say, praise to God, this is a miracle. Listen to the story of Michael and Mary Isles. Take a look. My sister-in-law helped throw an orphan care summit. We were going to support her, and we prayed before we went that if, you know, if God had anything for us, to us. It was a great weekend, lots of good information. We just kept talking about it and started praying about it and just felt the desire just welling up inside. When we were talking about it and praying about it, everything went wrong. Our refrigerator broke, our dishwasher broke, I got paid for the work. The final straw was like, you know, a $1,200 repair in my car that took us down to like a few hundred dollars in our city. I was driving in the car on my way back from the camp and just, just had an overwhelming sense of peace. And we were getting ready to do exactly what we were supposed to be doing. And I remember just kind of smiling at myself and looking up at God and just being like, all right, like, you got this. I know we're supposed to do this. Yeah, I'm going to be Allison's knee. Michael had a kid. 
And I was just, you know, just praying and asking God, like, just show me, like, what are we supposed to do? I can't hear it straight from God. And, um, and, like, I started kind of singing and praising in the car. I was singing that Hosanna song. I was singing, like, that chorus. And just as I was kind of pulling into LCC, I was singing it to myself. And then, you know, got out of the car, walked in, and I was late. Like, I always, I'm always late. And so I, I opened up the doors, and that crazy man was singing this song that I was singing in the car that I just sang like a minute prior, but they were singing the verse, show me how to love like you love me, break my heart for what breaks yours, everything I am for your kingdom's cause. And I feel like he was breaking my heart for what broke his. I just stood there sobbing at her. It was a really neat moment for me, um, just to that in God's goodness that he would actually answer my prayer in such like, a tangible way in that moment. For me it's an, it's empowering. Like I wonder how many things I've missed out on because I didn't think I had the energy or the resources or the time. And we had none of those things for this. But we wanted it and we relied on God and He He carried us through it. He took us down nothing and he provided everything. So it's pretty, I mean, the God gave glory, but it's just incredible. So, yeah, a miracle. I mean, God chose it for us. He totally chose it for us. And thankfully, we said yes. He chose us. He chose a few for us. He chose us for you. Well, from halfway across the world. How cool is that? God decides I'm going to give you an addition to your family. And I'm going to provide all the resources and it's going to come from nowhere and it's just going to happen. Even when you don't see it coming. He does it. He did it for these folks. And the question now is, and here's what I'm suggesting to you. You may not recognize it. And I've got, I'm going to tell you, I don't recognize it. But a good God has done that and is doing it and will do it. When he does it in a person's life, what, are, what is the proper way to respond to that? What are we, how do we react to that? We're going to learn from, a little bit from looking at these 10 men. And hopefully apply it to you and I. And I'm just going to give you a handful of simple things that happened here or didn't happen here. And ask you to ask God. Let me see when your hand is giving me grace upon grace. And and let me respond the way that I'm designed to respond. The first thing, when you respond to a wow level degree of a turn in the road or something that's good. The first thing that you see instructed for us to do is to first of all just recognize it to see it for what it is to see it it, that is as a blessing to see it as as something that he was directly involved in to understand that we did not produce it it was not just by chance there is something that came into our life that came from his from his hands these guys did not ask jesus to heal them they just asked him can you help us out with something jesus says go show yourself to the priest which is the act that you did if, if you felt, felt you like you were healed from a skin disease from, from the law of Moses. You went to the priest. You showed yourself. He was the determiner of that. 
Go show yourself to the priest. They go on, and on, while they're on the way to show themselves to the priest, they recognize that they're healed. Now, very little is said about nine of these guys. But one of them does something at that moment. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back. Why did he come back? You'll see what he did when he came back. But he came back because he recognized something. He looked at himself and said, something has happened to me. Something good has happened in my life. And he did it. He did it. A recognition of the fact that there is a God who is at work here. He came back. It was him. Listen to this. People are prone in our world to blame God for their misfortune and to credit something other than God for their good fortune. Deuteronomy 8, God says to the people of Israel as he's taking them into the promised land, I'm going to set up some things so you don't forget this. Because if I don't, you will forget. And you will think, he says, it's my own hands. It's the own, my, the own strength of our arms that produced this bounty in our lives. And God says, uh-uh. Remember where it came from. Recognize it as having come from him. We have in our culture a what have you done for me lately mentality. And we have that with God. Well, what have you done for me? I, you know, what has he done? I don't see him active in my life. I don't see him do anything. And the, que- the answer to the question, what, has, what have you done for me lately with God is a whole heck of a lot. There's an old hymn, count your blessings. Name them one by one. How often do you do that? What have you done for me lately? You know, here's, here's, what, he's, here's what he did for you. He did something when you got the job. He did something for you when you came into that unexpected amount of money that came in. He did something for you when you got promoted. He did something for you when you're, let, when you're left off, let off the hook for what you did wrong. When the weather cooperates. Okay, I'll, bad example. When the toast falls and it's butter side up. When the car repair turns out to be just a loose hose this time. When you win the competition, when you're chosen for the scholarship, when you get good medical news, when, you're, when you find out your warranty or your policy actually covered it. it. Happened to us just recently. You're kidding. When the thing that you're about to buy goes on sale. When you find just the right screw to fit from your little collection. When... When you get the tax refund instead of finding out that you owe more, when the person you dislike moves away. (laughs) When the jerk on the freeway swerves and misses you instead of hitting you. When she says yes. We are surrounded. We are swimming in. Those kinds of provisions. Just recognize that that's happening. Some, can I just say this to you? Some of you have been regularly, consistently, and specifically blessed by a God you haven't even decided exists yet. But that hasn't stopped him. You may not be close to him today, but he's close to you. He's been close enough to know exactly what you want and need, and at times he has given what you didn't even ask for. 
recognize it. Here's the second thing. Enjoy it. There's a little phrase that gets used in, in Luke 17, uh, verse 15. One of them came, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Now, some of us are very prim and proper, and that's, that's true for this culture too. That there are times, we, and, and lepers were not supposed to bring attention to themselves, and people in general weren't supposed, it, it, was, it was fairly a proper kind of environment. But when you praise in a loud voice, it kind of means he made a spectacle of himself. He was like, this, it kind of means he was hooting and hollering. He was like jumping up and down. It's almost embarrassing that when it says that phrase, he was, he's celebrating in a, a loud voice. He's, he's enjoying the moment. You know what he's doing? He's reveling in his good fortune. We have a tendency. We have a tendency in our, in our world. We have a tendency in the church as, as people who follow god we have a tendency when it comes to following jesus because we we react to the people who are the tigger people who is everything's happy and they're bouncy bouncy all the time we go that is so fake don't please get that out of here you are not that happy nobody's that happy you know we we just we just we don't like the tiggers and so what we decide is we kick out the tiggers and we decide to be the eeyores we're a lot more comfortable being eeyores there's a whole lot of eeyore christians walking around Something good happens, and we say, well, that's not going to last. <laughs> well, you know, what goes up has to come down. Well, yeah, yeah, that happened, but what about those five other things that are still going wrong in my life? What about them? All right, yeah, well, that's a nice moment. Brace yourself for what's coming next. And all good things must come to an end. And we do worship songs and we go, yeah, whatever, hallelujah. Ha-. You know, we don't, some of us don't even clap. You're standing there like dour face. We're a bunch of. You know, it, it's a coping mechanism, isn't it? Because we say, if I let myself feel hope and I let myself feel exhilaration, and I let myself express it, then it's going to be that much more of a crash. When inevitably what happens is what always happens where things go bad. You know what God says about that? God says, would you celebrate? Would you enjoy what I give you? Would you go ahead and have permission to say this is really, really good? God is in the celebration business. Do you know in the Old Testament? Well, here, Ecclesiastes 3. Says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. There's a time to weep. We get that one, but you know what? There's a time to laugh. There, yeah, there's a time to mourn, but there's a time to dance. Do you know? God says when He gives good things, you know what He wants to do? He wants us to celebrate. He wants us to enjoy it. He doesn't want us to worry about when it ends or how long it goes or 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 what's going to happen next. He just wants us to enjoy it. The, the Old Testament law in Leviticus it gave. It prescribes seven festivals, seven of them. These festivals were seven week-long festivals in the year. That's more than one every two months. These weren't just holidays. This is seven weeks. It started with the Sabbath. It ended on the Sabbath. These were actually eight-day periods. And they were there to celebrate things. And there was the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of... And there, there, there's all these feasts. Every time you turn around, they're having another feast. We brought in the crops. Let's have a feast. We planted the crops. Let's have another feast. God says, would you just have a good time? Stop. Have a good time. Enjoy what you've been given. It's good. 
Ecclesiastes, which is known to be this book that is about the hard stuff of life. God, it's very gritty and real and says, it, it's tough life. Life stinks sometimes. But in that book, God says this. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to, he should accept his lot and be happy in his work. This is a gift of God. He seldom, that person seldom reflects on his days of, the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with gladness of heart. You don't think he means it? He says it a little bit later. So I commend the enjoyment of life, Ecclesiastes 8.15, because nothing is better for a man under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany him in his work all the days of the life God has given him under the sun. He says, however many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. You know what those festivals did? They embedded a couple things in the psyche of God's people. They embedded, first of all, that God was responsible. That they were dependent and God was the giver of the good gifts. You know what the second thing they did was? They just let people savor it. Revel in it. Laugh about it. Enjoy it. You have been given. I have been given some incredibly great gifts and provisions. Listen, life is hard enough when it's hard. Let's not make it hard when it's easy. What do you have that you can say, this came from God, I will rejoice in it. I will be grateful for it. I'm just going to be glad for it. The third thing is to share it. Now, there is something, again, that happened when... So, so, you, so you recognize it, you enjoy it, and then you share the blessing that you get. When these guys got sent back in, in Luke 17, and Jesus sends them, um, says, go show yourselves to the priest. And says, as they went, they were cleansed. There's something that happened in the Old Testament law when you went to the priest and you were healed of a disease. There was, if you read it in Leviticus, there's just a whole bunch of different offerings that are given. The whole purpose of that is to say, I'm acknowledging something that came from God, and when good comes to me, I, my, I'm going to share that good with everybody else. It's like throwing a party. You would bring, you bring offerings. You would bring, they call them thank offerings. You bring a thank offering to the temple, and the priest would take the thank offering, and he'd share it with, with the community. A thank offering was not just a statement to God, it was also a statement of sharing it with the people around you. When good comes into our life, God says, this is your opportunity to be just like me. Jesus says to his disciples, freely you've received, freely give. Johnny Menzel was drafted by the Browns. Took a lot of heat because of the next day he went to his favorite uh, bar in College Station in Texas. And he put it on a tab and said, open it up. Anybody who wants to come in, up to a couple of grand thousand dollars, he'd give, he's buying them a beer. He just said, it's just to celebrate. Anybody who can come in could do it. Yeah, people said, oh, isn't that terrible? Johnny Manziel, he's such a prima donna. I, I, he's not on my team. I, you can argue amongst yourselves whether you want him if you're a Browns fan. Took some heat. I'm not going to, this is a bad analogy, but it got your attention. I'm not going to say whether that form of sharing was the best one to have for a bunch of college students or probably underage drinkers. I don't know. But there's a principle there that actually lives out what God says. When you get blessed, you bless others. You don't just hoard it to yourself. We're not supposed to, 
we don't hoard God's blessing. We share it with others. We say, look what he's done. Come and celebrate with me. That's what happened in the Old Testament festivals. People brought their stuff and they started and they gave it away. They said, I've got God has blessed me with bounty from from the crop that he's given me. And they gave it away. They shared with others. Let's just party about this. Come share in the blessing God's given in this grace upon grace. Can I tell you that when good comes in my life, what I do? I go. I'm so glad I got this. No one's driving my car. And my wife says, we get, we get extra money that comes in from somewhere out of nowhere. And she goes, hey, let's give some away. I go, well, how, how much am I required to give away? And I think I've told you this before. I go, okay, 10%, 10%, right? No, okay. Uh, yeah, so I got to be generous. All right, I'll try to muster up, pretend generosity. Here's a little bit, a little bit. And there have been times where she goes, well, I was thinking, why don't we just give it all away? And I go, you are crazy, woman. How will we live? Oh, how will we live with the extra that you've been given? I think we'll manage. God says, share it. Show show the expression that you recognize where it came from and let the world know that you follow a God who gives you good gifts. Let me give you one more. Praise him directly for it. Now look at Luke 17. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back and he praised God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. So this is a Samaritan, which again, we could talk about whether this, these were the half-breeds who weren't even allowed to go to the temple to worship. But what he came is he recognized where it came from. He went through the process of, of, of sharing it and enjoying it and he comes back and he's going to praise God. He's going to thank Jesus. It means to say it. Say it to him. Say it about him. To say, this thing happened. And it's not just to say, it was him who did it. It's to go to him and say, it was you. You did this. I'm going to give praise and thanks specifically, directly to you, most high God, because you are the one who has given me these things. You did this, didn't you? You made this happen. You brought this together. You ever go to a a surprise party? When the surprise party goes on, you know, there's big people bring balloons and they bring stuff and a whole lot of people, you know, celebrate and sometimes they bring gifts and, and they yell that moment and, Somebody else, you know, they, they yell surprise, and the person acts surprised because somebody tipped them off, and, you know, that's usually how it happens. Surprise parties are fine, and they're good. You ever have one thrown for you? I will guarantee that this is true. If somebody threw you, if, if you got thrown a surprise party, it doesn't matter if you had 500 people there or a dozen people there, there was somebody who organized it. Do you know who organized it? There was somebody who said to a bunch of other people who don't really get into surprise parties, hey, come be part of this. They go, really? We have to hide behind the couch? Yes. You're going to hide behind the couch. You're going to wait for the light to come on, and you're going to jump out, and you're going to yell surprise. We're gonna, you're on the video. You're on the decorations. You're bringing the food. There's somebody who organized that. Just out of curiosity, did you ever thank that person? Did you ever find out who it was? Some of you have. 
surprise parties don't happen spontaneously. It's not a dozen people who came up with the idea. There's almost always one person at the core, one person at the center, the one catalyst, the one person who drove the thing. When the good comes into your life, there may be instruments to get used. There may be people who you think because they're the instruments of God, but there is one person at the center, at the core of it. I'll just ask you this like I need to ask myself. Did you thank him? Did you come back to him and say, I want to give praise to the source, the one who did this in my life? Some of us have never come back to say it directly to him, about him. Can I just say this? Jesus Christ gave the greatest, offered the greatest gift that has ever been given to a person. They can know that their sins are forgiven. We can be given new life. We can be given a place in heaven. There is only one source and one place you can do that. It is the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who absorbed your sin on his body on the cross, rose from the dead, conquered death, and said, now if you just place your trust in me, open your heart and say, I accept your gift, I will give you eternal life. There's a whole bunch of people in our culture who call themselves Christians. You know what they mean by that? Well, that whole Jesus thing. Yeah, he's got a moral code. Yeah, I kind of buy that. Well, I can historically say there was a Jesus and he came to earth and he is the son of God. They can even say, some of you might even say, yes, I believe historically that Jesus died on the cross and took the sins of the world. But there is a difference between that and coming back to him and saying, you, it was you. I need you. I'm ready to receive the gift. If you have not yet done that, I urge you, that is where salvation happens. That is where the gift is transferred to your account. That is when you are redeemed by him. There's something really significant about going directly to the one who gives the gift and receiving it from them, acknowledging it. Some of us in the room are yet to do that. Make today that day if that's where you are. But regardless if you know him personally, he has continued to provide things in your life. Some of them happened just this month. Some of them just happened. Something you were worried about and today you're not as worried about it. You don't even remember how it stopped. It's like having a headache. You have a headache. You go, I wish the headache would go away. I wish the headache would go away. And then you go, when did I stop having the headache? I don't know. It stopped somewhere, but I don't remember the moment. Some of us have had provisions in our lives come in, and they came directly from the hand of God. And we, all we did was just kind of go our way as if, oh, I'm glad that's not a problem anymore. Jesus asks, verse 17, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this one foreigner? When the wow factor presents itself in your life, the praise that comes out of it is not just an option. It is part of receiving and acknowledging and engaging with a God who will change your life through it. That's why the Psalms say over and over and over again, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Come with me. Let's praise his name together. It's not just let's go to a church and have a time of worship. It's not just let's sing nice songs. This is how Psalm 126 says it. Our mouths were filled with laughter. This is talking about when the, uh, at the the end of the exile, when God allowed the people to come back to to the nation. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. It was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And this is what the psalmist says. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy. He has done great things for you. What has he done? 
What has he done that you might say, if you told it to us out loud, the rest of us, you might hardly recognize it. The rest of us would say, wow. Wow. That is cause for praise. Take that. Bring it to the God who made you and loves you and wants to walk through life with you and make the recognition of his provision in our lives a part of our journey with him that ignites us and empowers us. And like we heard in the story, will make us think the next time I got to watch because he is always giving me good gifts. I want to go where he's gone. Pray with me. Praise the Lord, all my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Your word says, come, come together and give thanks to Yahweh because he is good. He has done great things. We want to say to you right now that represented all around this room are great things. There are people who are walking through pain. There are people who have, have suffered, but in the midst of that, you have done great things. You've brought redemption out of, out of heartache. You've brought beauty out of ashes in our lives. Even in this month, there are stories where you have paid the bills or you have brought a friend along to comfort or you have just uh, allowed healing to happen in our lives. You have, you have done stuff that we haven't even stopped to think about it, but you have healed us from our leprosy, God. In this moment, God, would you find people who Maybe those who've only been on the outside looking in who stop and say, it was you. It is you. Would you find people who in this very moment would cross a line of faith and would say to your son, Jesus, you bought my redemption. I trust you. I place my faith in you. In doing so, I'm thanking you and praising you. Make us people who are grateful. And God, would you keep it up? Would you keep pouring the blessings? We know we can't control them. We know we don't expect them. But would you just keep it up? Because we want to just be in the room when you are there. We want to be around you when you open up the gates and you pour out your heart and your blessing. Make us grateful people who acknowledge it. And we praise you right now. Everybody, would you think of the one, one thing at the top, just the first thing that comes to your mind, that he has done for you. Even recently, in your heart, would you just say to him, I praise you for doing, say it. Hear our praise. Take us where you're going. And thank you for being a God who is good. Thank you for bringing the wow in our lives. Amen.